August. So those of you who have been with us over the course of the summer know that we've been taking this summer to hear from uh, people during this, this sermon time uh, that we may not normally hear from during the rest of the year. And uh, this next person, excuse me, the, the last person this summer um, to share is Melissa Morganweck, who is our senior warden, uh, which means she heads the vestry and has led, um, I think maybe for like four or, four or five years now as our senior warden. And just one thing I wanted to say by way of introduction about Melissa is that when I first met Melissa, I was just a little bit scared of her, <laughs> a little intimidated. Um, and, uh, and what was really great, well, part of it was she has this very no-nonsense, direct style. And, um, and so I felt a little bit intimidated. But as I got to know Melissa, um, for one thing, she's really hilarious and just has a really wonderful sense of humor. Um, that surprised me because I thought she was scary at first, but really, um, she's really funny. Um, I think the second thing that I um, have learned to appreciate about her is how just fiercely loyal and committed she is, that when she makes a commitment, whether it's in a relationship or a role, um, that she's someone who um, really sticks through um, even in really difficult times. Um, and the last thing that I'll say um, about Melissa is that I really um, have just been so inspired by her leadership of this parish, which has gone through lots of challenges, um, I mean, for many, many decades, but um, particularly in the past few years, a lot of transition, crisis, and it's really been her vision and leadership that has been such um, a solid rock um, through it all. I have felt greatly and deeply supported by her, um, just personally, as a, the sort of new priest in charge here. Um, so I'm deeply grateful for her, and I asked her um, to be our, our sort of last summer speaker, just to share some of her thoughts as our senior warden in this season ahead. So if you would join me in welcoming Melissa Morganweck. By the way, when she first asked me, my, my reaction was, hell no. <laughs> but then I remembered what Leisha had told us uh, sometime during the summer, that if Christine asks you to do something during this time, even if it, we feel like we're um, it's out of our comfort zone, to say yes. Just, just learn to say yes, because obviously she sees something in each of us, and she wouldn't be asking if she didn't think maybe we could do it. So it is a um, delight and a privilege to be speaking um, to all of you here in person and also to all of you who are um, joining us on YouTube. Early on in the pandemic, while spending so much time in my apartment, I latched onto a YouTuber called The Minimal Mom. Her channel is filled with tips and advice on how to rid yourself of the clutter in your home. I started with a junk drawer and each day after spent 15 minutes tackling another area of my apartment. I didn't need a psychologist to know that this was a way for me to feel control during a time that was very much out of control. The minimal mom talks about the material items in your home as being inventory that needs to be managed. Too much inventory can cause stress and take up unnecessary shelf space, and more importantly, headspace. Too much inventory can make it hard to see the things that are really important, the things that matter. 
but letting go is not easy. She refers to it as peeling the layers of an onion. There are the things that you spent money on that make you feel guilty about letting them go. There are things you hold onto because they live into some idea of your fantasy self. And then the most difficult of all, at least for me, sentimental items that remind you of the past and bring you comfort. As many of you know, my father died during the pandemic and my siblings and I have decided for the time being to keep our childhood home. We are in the process of reimagining ourselves as a family and what the next chapter will look like. We are culling through 65 years worth of stuff, deciding what memories we want to give a place of honor, like the large blue teapot my uncle used at family gatherings, and what has served its purpose and can move on. But we are currently caught in this weird in-between. We are waiting on delivery of new furniture, which we are told is months away. And so our living room is a mishmash of past, present, and future. Filled with outdoor furniture, a new rug and coffee table, and an old piano. Our family home feels like an outward representation of where we are at this moment in time. We are trying to clear the way and move forward, but it feels like we are stuck in place. We haven't celebrated an extended family holiday together since the pandemic. And as we approach the fall, I don't know if we will have a chance this year either. And even when that moment comes again, it's not going to feel the same without my father at the table. This time of COVID feels like a squatter who moved in and rearranged the furniture without asking, tapping us on the shoulder and pointing out that our photos on the shelves are really quite outdated. And don't we have anything more recent? I long for the familiar yet everything has been upended and feels off kilter. I don't know about you, but lately I don't feel at home within myself or outside myself. And so it's really hard trying to imagine the future when I can't find my footing in the present. The topic of the future came up this past Monday at our vestry meeting not the distant future, but the immediate future. Christine asked us to think about what would personally serve each of us at St. Peter's in the upcoming year. I couldn't help but notice the initial silence as we stared at each other over that Zoom call. We are normally a chatty crowd, and yet I sensed hesitation. I don't know about the others, but right now for me, a future seems too much to hope for. Talking about a future feels like a setup for disappointment. This morning's Old Testament reading, Isaiah's prophecy to the people of the seventh century BC, say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God, 
He will come with a vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Where is God in the middle of all this? How can we be strong when it all feels so murky and it's so much easier to just get caught up in the fear? Two weeks ago, I was the assigned greeter during our 10 a.m. service. We had a large in-person crowd that Sunday. I think many of you were there. Many of the faces were unfamiliar to me. And while that is a good sign for our church, I'll be honest, for a moment it left me feeling a little melancholy. I miss seeing the Lit family in person. I miss seeing Nora and Joe. I miss gathering around this altar for communion. But then I spotted Michelle and Hyatt and baby Amara walking in, soon followed by Ian. And I felt better because these are faces I recognize and it brought me comfort. And I thought about it afterwards and realized not long ago, we were strangers to each other. It may feel like we are in a holding pattern, but without me realizing it, we have become knitted together as a community. We continue to be knitted together as a community. God's hand is in that. It's a reminder that transformation, both big and small, happens even when we are not paying attention. Our church, both St. Peter's and the larger church, is in transformation. God's church has always been in transformation. And while there's so much upheaval in the world and distractions around us, just look at all that happened this past week alone, we need to remind each other this COVID exile from the lives we once knew, just like the exile prophesies for the people from 7th century BC, is not the end of God's story. God can be trusted to keep God's word, but sometimes that requires us to look beyond the distractions of the world, including the clutter in our lives, both emotional and material, and open our eyes to it. Last weekend, my sister Amy and I tackled another layer of sentimental clutter. This time, a bright red blanket that my father used every day when he would take a nap with a family cat on his lap in his recliner. Obviously, this was a tough one, but we let it go. But what we did make room for is a large drawer filled with an assortment of cloth napkins. And I asked my sister, do we really need all these napkins? She replied, I think we should hold on to them for now and see which ones we like using during the next few holidays. And I realized in that moment, she sees a happy future. She sees a happy family gathering with all of us around the table. And that hope for us is enough for me to hold on to at this moment that we will find our way forward. I would like to close with a prayer from the author 
and religious scholar Kate Bowler, one of seven prayers she wrote during this time of COVID, during this time of uncertainty. This one is called, When I Run Out of Words. God, I am right here, and I wonder if you are too. With all that is happening in the world, I can't quite tell. You feel silent and distant, and I feel at a loss for what to say or ask you for. I have been so disappointed in the past, and I'm afraid to hope. So God, will you help me pray? Help me open my heart to you and tell you all that is there all that I feel, and much of it couldn't fit into a normal, proper prayer that sounds fit for a pew. God, help me pour out my deepest lament over the state of the world, the sorrow and grief and not enoughness. Meet me here, God, in the reality I see around me. Help me name each disappointment, each sadness, each loss. Grant me grace to trust you, to take it all into your heart of love and trust that you are able to carry it with me and bring your light that helps me see that there's more, more love, more healing, more hope, more of you. Amen. <laughs>